0: You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your hosts, Eddie. And Matt. So what's up, Matt?
1: Just living the dream,
0: brother. Living the dream. And you? Living. Living. Easy living.
1: Living is easy.
0: Yep, yep. So what do you want to tell them about? Well, let's start our controversy, y'all. Let's do it. Okay. All right. This means the new TSR. Yeah, the new TSR. TSR games. number three.
1: Yep. Um, so, yeah, there was the original TSR. And then I guess a, while, a few years ago, someone bought the rights that was doing a revamp of uh, oh, a Top Secret, I think. And then they let the license lapse. And so somebody else scooped it up. Anyway, and so they've just recently started promoting themselves, this new TSR, and it has been An
0: adventure in itself. A brouhaha,
1: yeah. And so anyway, I really don't know nearly enough about this to comment...
0: Don't let that stop you.
1: I know, it never has before, right? Anyway, one thing I'll say is, um, I, I don't, I didn't hear the podcast he was on where Ernie Gygax was supposed to have said some things that were questionable, And I don't doubt that he did, and particularly because this morning I saw on Facebook, because he and I are Facebook friends, that he issued
0: somewhat of an apology, if not definitely an explanation. Well, this is news to me. I didn't know he had done anything.
1: See, I figured, boom, you kind of flat foot me sometimes. So I thought, you know, I'd mention that. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so he essentially kind of explained. So you don't know what he said, but he is taking it back. Yeah, he, well, he basically... He's walking back from it a little he, bit at he, least. He's sort of pausing and or at least explaining where he was coming from because I know this is hard to believe, but things get
0: taken out of context or of proportion or people... But you don't sound. know or aren't going to tell us what the actual comment is.
1: Well, basically, uh, I think he had made comments that people construed as this new TSR was uh, not inclusive. People at least Uh-oh. took it that way, whether that's what he meant or not. And then, of course, in this day and age, if you even a whiff of disinclusion or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or if the sky's blue that day or whatever, I mean, people are going to want to pounce. And then people like drug his dad into it, which is really tacky. And, of course, some people took the bait, which I'm not saying it was him or this Lanasa La guy or something. But anyway, they took the bait from the people that love to troll and then it just it spiraled into negativity and I mean the whole thing has been cast in what is a pretty bad light right now. And it's bad enough they've been banned from Gen Con. Did you know that? Wow. Yeah, as of this morning. Well, yeah, this is getting it's getting real. It's getting stupid. wild. It's getting stupid, yeah. But I mean it's like ask me why I'm not on Twitter. From everything I've heard, it's just a great big toxic fly ridden pile of crap. And Facebook's kind of if it's not already there, it's headed that way where you know, there's people on both sides of this that are getting really worked up, and I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about it to really form an opinion, and plus you don't want to hear my opinion anyway. But but it's just that – because I'll say this. We've met Ernie, and even though it was briefly, he seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. It, Ernie's he's very great. gracious, very charming, very nice. Would you – I mean, on our brief
0: meeting. Oh, no, 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 no. Ernie's great. Yeah, it's just yeah. – uh, I, probably a week ago when we were talking about the new TSR yeah, uh, between ourselves not on the podcast
1: yeah.
0: it was like oh that might be good but but their visionary CEO which mm-hmm. is that Lanasa or whatever How you pronounce it. he's not I don't know he's just it doesn't matter what you say he'll come at you bro Yeah. so it not like this was like we weren't being inclusive it was like hey uh, I'm not going to support your company until I actually start seeing you guys come out with products. Yeah. And then he would attack them and call people names. And that's just juvenile. So if you're starting a business and you're trying to sell stuff to people, <laughs> maybe you should consider... <laughs> he's back. no salesman, yeah. that's for sure. sure. And then it was like, how many people do you think play RPGs? Right. If you say there's 10 million people...
1: And of that 10 million...
0: And of that... How many of them that just play RPGs, how many of them play D&D? Yeah. So, okay, maybe 8 million or something. Yeah. And then how many are these, old These schoolers? are just example numbers. But, yeah. yeah, if you get down to, like, who plays old school OSR games, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd have a million, but I could be wrong. But even if you did, okay, the first thing I'm going to do to introduce myself to you mm-hmm. is insult you all. Yeah, well, that's Oof. that's dumb,
1: and and a lot of the, I don't know this is part of it, but everything has to be you know political nowadays, and you have to pick a side, and it just it just gets well. This tedious. is
0: before it was political. Oh, sure, sure, with no politics included. This guy was just a jerk. He's just a jerk. And no, I don't. Or I he don't, seems that. Well, way. I don't doubt it. I'll but, Give him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, he's a jerk.
1: Yeah. And so what I'll say is, what's sad though is, is that people are throwing shade at like Ernie. And uh, and I, th- I will say he maybe deserves some of that because of some stuff he might have said on a podcast. But part of it is because he's included in with this guy lumped in. And also one of their first games this guy was touting was uh, Giant Lands that James Ward did. Um, and But James Ward was quick to come out and distance himself from the guy saying, hey, I did this work two years ago before.
0: Slowly but surely everybody is coming out and distancing themselves, themselves from, from this. Because Luke Gygax, yeah. the same, also said, I'm not, Gary Khan. is not, no other Gygax except yeah. Ernie yeah. is involved with this.
1: And even then, like I said, Ernie came out today with a statement, you know. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like this guy is toxic probably
0: and everyone's distancing themselves from NTRPG-Con him. NTRPG Khan has kicked, them off, kicked him off the Facebook or blocked him, however and you want to say it. And says something
1: because there are people on there that are so freaking obnoxious that I've blocked them on Facebook because I'm tired of their spam and their... Just rambling bullshit or whatever. So, And
0: they are the old school. Yeah.
1: So I'm just saying, if this guy Once got, you've annoyed those guys, yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if you Burn all your bridges. Yeah, if you've annoyed those guys where they banned you, yeah. you really have to be a, a shit bird.
0: And you're really... Right. I mean, if you wanted to go after people and say, like, 5th Edition is the dumbest game. If you play 5th Edition, you're dumb. Okay, if you're trying to sell OSR stuff, fine, you can do that. You've disenfranchised all your 5E people. They'll never buy anything from you, but Uh at least you've kept your OSR crew. Now you're going to come right in and start with them. I mean, that's your target audience. Demographic, yeah. And you're just going to start by insulting them and trying to start flame wars and all those terms.
1: This guy probably is one of the people I talk about that has a lot of dollars but no cents. But anyway, well...
0: I think they're also with the ones doing in the TSR Museum, too, right?
1: Yeah, sadly, I think they're involved. And see, what's his name? Leeson is actually like the, what would you call him, the curator or manager or something there. So again, we've met him. He seems like a really nice guy. So it's just sad that these guys, unfortunately, are associated with this guy who's making them look, by association, you know, kind of jerky. Because yeah, I, I was, was excited about the museum. Yeah, I
0: was reading that a lot of the old school guys that are running games at the museum aren't getting very much of a cut out of that big price that you have to pay to game there, too. Oh, I don't doubt it. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, again, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I'm not just being agreeable. This guy sounds like a like a, an arched turkey jerk shitbird. So um, that's
0: us folks. You can always count on us to stand against obvious jerks. Exactly. Once you've proven well, yourself we, as a jerk, we will also agree with that. Once everyone else
1: has sounded off, we'll come <laughs> right behind and chime in. But no, I mean We will also point fingers. But I mean I've been known like I said I'm I'm uh, was quick to uh, to defend Ernie just now and not everybody is. So, and don't get me wrong, I mean like me and Ernie aren't like lifelong chums or something, but just what? from from we've had some interactions with him literally for in in person. We were invited to his home. And we didn't even like, hey buddy, can we come over? I mean, he was like, hey y'all guys, come super on. Super sweet, just a really super nice guy. And he was like, well, I can't have y'all leave empty-handed, and we we're, we weren't fishing for stuff. And he's, I I mean, we're always just, fishing for stuff. I'm sad to right, say, I'm always fishing for something because if you know me. So I mean, no, he was just super nice, super generous, affable, charming, sweet. His you know guy just beat cancer. I mean, he's good. As, he
0: was good as gold to us. That's yeah. all I can tell you. And again, I can it's speak like our experience. And we talked
1: about this. Someone was attacking his dad. And again, Gygax said something one time 50 years ago. Okay, everybody, you're out there. You At some point, you put your foot in your mouth or said something when you were you needed a snicker bar and you regretted it later because you're a damn human being. It's like overall, there's not a pattern of Gygax being some jerk. At least I'm aware of. But he said something once that Send could be, your letters to you. that could be construed as misogynistic or whatever. Okay, you know, it was a different time and it was one thing. And, you know, I don't know, man, but like... Anyway, I'm not saying just because he's the beloved co-creator of D&D that he's bulletproof. You can't touch him, but if you want to fault, fine. You can find fault in anybody. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done with that.
0: All right. Well, the blood pressure meter that we've got you attached to now (laughs) says that we should move on to the next topic.
1: That's right. Well, I'm already full of sodium from our lunch. Um, Again, not necessarily uh, nerd culture, much like our previous one, but still uh, just an interesting character. And for those few of you that might not have heard this last week, John McAfee Hmm. uh, died. So this is how you delete McAfee. Um, John McAfee, contrarian, scat aficionado, was found dead in a Spanish prison of apparent suicide. He died the way he lived, making people say, what the hell? (laughs) He was due to be extradited for tax evasion from the Spanish jail. No one expects the Spanish extradition. Anyway, ha, ha, ha. I'll be back after this bit. (laughs) He would rather die than pay taxes. I can identify. No kidding. Anyway, stories rage across the interwebs of his drug-filled orgies. He was 75, so apparently switching from cocaine to bath salts can prolong your life. Anyway, okay, thank you for those really crappy jokes.
0: <laughs> this just, concludes the podcast. Eddie just died inside. All right, so. My soul. So that's My soul.
1: A, <laughs> it's a little bit of pop culture slash nerd culture. Okay, so let's get to what are you doing in games, books, comics, movies, TV? Well, we're making dolls.
0: transitions now, huh? Yeah. Promoted yourself. How do you like me now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your eardrums, folks. All right.
0: I really don't have much in the pop culture thing. What about you?
1: You dirty dog. Okay, I have a new comic. Bam, I'm putting it on you today. You're the comic guy. But I've started reading a comic called Coda. Are you familiar? Spell it. C-O-D-A. Oh, no. Yeah. It came out in 2018. It had its 12-issue run, which I love ones that's not still ongoing for five and eight years. But just they did it and they're done. Kind of like I, what I liked about headlopper It seemed like it's... Four issues a year. Anyway, it's by Simon Spurrier, who did The Spire and God Shaper. I thought Mm. you might know. I have no clue. I have no idea. He was acting impressed. He was just faking. And Mateus Mm -hmm. Bergara of Cannibal and Supergirl. (gasps) Anyway, they present a broken fantasy world that's Mad Max meets The Lord of the Rings. In the aftermath of an apocalypse which wiped out nearly all magic from a once wondrous fantasy world, a former bard named Hum, so nicknamed because Mm. his standard reply is, hmm, Mm. he seeks a way to save the soul of his wife with nothing but a foul-tempered mutant unicorn, actually a pentacorn, and his wits to protect him. But he is unwillingly drawn into a brutal power struggle which will decide forever who rules the weird wasteland who rule weird wasteland that's right who indeed so anyway i'm about four or five in sounds familiar and um i enjoyed the first three a great deal and then number four and five i'm like "Eh, i don't know so if you look at them i'll be curious to see what you thought it seemed like it loses momentum around four like it's just a roller coaster ride the first you know three or so there about four or five, I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm kind of fighting through it. Which, in mean, case in point, I got to about five. That was like a week ago, and I haven't picked it back up yet. So you think you'll finish it? I haven't even finished Headlopper yet, and I really liked Headlopper. Just every there's, I never had a lull with Headlopper, but it's I'm busy for one thing and trying to find. I've someone. been
0: reading Headlopper, so that's part of the reason I don't have anything new to tell you.
1: That's cool, but you've went and I really reason.
0: haven't been reading all that many comics at the moment. I don't know. I don't know, I I don't don't know, know where I'm anymore. going. Yeah.
1: But um, but how far are you into Headlopper now?
0: Jeez, I don't know. I'm at least a story arc ahead of you, which yeah. is four or five issues, I think. Yeah.
1: So I will have to catch up because I mean, it, does it keep that momentum and pace? Do you, do you? Has it lost anything that deep in? Yeah, it's still good. Cool. Well, that's a good. Sign. And I, I, that guy's. Yeah. I mean, these. This might be. I'm going to give this finish this, but I want to go back and read Headlopper too. But they're not going anywhere so Nowhere.
0: any tv or movies that you got any did you watch the movies did you watch some bad movies for us good no i mean
1: and uh no i was gonna try to watch uh the new fir- first episode of season five of rick and morty but oh I, yeah i tried to queue it up the other day and my hulu went weird. Or is it on hulu yet
0: I don't think it's on Hulu yet. Well, then I
1: can't watch it yet.
0: (laughs) It's on, the very first episode is still on YouTube. I checked it the other day. It's on YouTube. I'll check that out. So I've got a link on my Facebook. I didn't know it was on YouTube. Or just go search it on YouTube. Yeah, I have YouTube on The first episode was freaking great. That's a good sign. The opening of of last season, just to give you some uh, reflections, some looks back, that first half of season four or whatever it was, there were some real stinky episodes in there. Mm -hmm. So this one I thought was really pretty good. Well, good. That's it was good. It was returned to form or however you want to say yeah. And then the back half of the last season was good, too. You no, know, the back half. Was it just nominal. didn't start off very well. And this one mm-hmm. starts off with a bang, as well, they say. Well,
1: that's good. Well, I know that you spoke well of it. Bradley spoke well of it. So that's why I, that after that, I went home that night and tried to watch it. And I didn't think about it being on YouTube, which is weird. So it's not a hula yet, but you can watch it on YouTube. Okay.
0: Oh, uh, Because Adult Swim put it up. Okay. Which is thoughtful of them. They want to We'll give you that first one. You know, first one's free.
1: Set the hook. That way, if you've lit your uh, prescription, subscription yeah, or I
0: think I might have to get Hulu Plus back again or whatever it is. Hulu no. Live.
1: Oh, yeah. So you can watch them day night at night, day of. All right. Well, that's cool. So we told him so I'm glad thank you for yeah, that's something you've watched and so well here's understood. another one. Okay. We
0: sat down and thought about doing this podcast last week, so we had some of these discussions already. Yeah. So that's why they go by so fast. True. But I did have a listener request. Oh my to watch a show, which was mayor. And M-A-R-E? then with our accents, it's not mayor. Yeah. Mayor. M A R E Mayor of East Town. Oh. Which is a Murder mystery set in like a, the outskirts of Philadelphia, but it's more of the like small town, not the big city thing.
1: Appalachia or something. I
0: have. I mean, not geographically. I just don't know exactly oh. where they want to be set at. It's in Easttown,
1: small town, Pennsylvania. Right. Okay.
0: Blue collar. Yeah. The working class folks. Working Salt class. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Yeah. Just the best. Mm-hmm. And so that one was requested that. by our good buddy Ron mm-hmm. which is our painting ambassador mm-hmm. of the long con mm-hmm. paint master extraordinaire. extraordinaire So he said why don't you check that show out because you liked knives out mm-hmm. the movie yeah and of course my wife loves all these murder mystery shows yeah or movies what have you so we watch it and you got it's seven episodes you guys know me. If I start something,
1: you're gonna finish it. I
0: gotta finish it, unless I get out early. Uh-huh. If I get out early enough, we're all good. But kind of like, if I get past that halfway point, I gotta keep going. So I sit there and watch the first episode with my wife. I said, "That wasn't very good." <laughs> Do you want to see another one? She's like, "Eh, it wasn't very good either." But let's give it another episode. Sure. We give it another episode. And another. I can tell she has not enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. I have not enjoyed the show. I said, can we stop? No. (laughs) Let's watch another. (laughs) Keep in mind, there's only seven. This is a version of a form of self-torture, but okay. Yeah. There's only seven of them, and now we're hitting number three. Wow. And the thing is, I understand why she would keep watching, because every at the end of every episode... The entire episode can be, it's like, like say hair. if it's an hour long, mm-hmm. 55 minutes of it can be bull crap. Mm-hmm. Character stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Let me silence my
1: phone. All right, go ahead.
0: So somewhere in this I was saying something about we kept watching it. Oh, because if it was 55 minutes long that in the last five minutes it would be like, aha, so and so did the murder. Here is the irrefutable evidence. Boom, this whole thing is done.
1: And in the first time it's the next episode. Is
0: why they didn't do it. And then you go through an hour of that and then the last five minutes it's like, oh, this person did it and here's the irrefutable evidence. So you Kind of got hooked in like, oh they've caught the guy, but they hadn't it's really not about a murder. this whole thing is more of about the characters and mm-hmm. how much you like them and getting to live in their world and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I hate these characters <laughs> I hate every single one of them, which what would make the show
1: better is like well I don't really, i don't the, the, they're aggravating me with this whole mystery thing, but at least the characters are interesting or likable sounds like every character is has not every one single
0: character wow. and every character that they mention or talk to or that you spend any time with is mm-hmm. going to come back and have something that they did that's like aha it could be them mm-hmm. and then it isn't but everybody it's kind of like well they didn't go back and talk to the guy that ran the liquor store so he's going to have to come up again at some point because you've seen him mm-hmm. ugh yeah. <laughs> So, it got to the point around episode (laughs) four, I think, that in the very first episode, they had made a big deal about her going and buying a terrarium for her kids' grandkids' turtle, Uh and I turned to my wife and say, if the turtle doesn't turn out to be the murderer, this show will suck, (laughs) because this is the only way now that it can be any good, is if the turtle is the murderer, Uh because I enjoy the murder turtle. And in the end... And in the end, it was the turtle. See, there you go. He was listening to loud rock music. Mm -hmm. Heavy metal. And singing Goodbye Horses. Uh Goodbye, horses. Anyway. So, highly unrecommended. I'm sorry, Ron. Give me another chance. Give give me something else good to watch. And I'll try and give it a positive review. But that show, I didn't care for it. The critics love it. So you got that going for you. If Mm -hmm. you watch it and you like it, then you're in good company. So you're not a big fan. What about Jen? No, she hated it as well. Okay, good. good. She feels like she, I actually asked her if she would come on the podcast just so it wouldn't be me pooping all over this, mm-hmm. so you'd have another point of view. But of course, she is too shy. Oh. But yeah, she she hated it. But okay. we had some good laughs sitting no. there mocking the show.
1: There you go. see. you guys are your own little MS. Yeah. We made, yeah. We made our
0: own entertainment.
1: Yeah. That's that's good as a couple. You all have that. That's awesome.
0: But I was going to say this is, I guess there's, I don't want to give you any spoilers in case you watch it. But there is one villain, and I knew immediately that he was the villain because he was blasting Judas Priest when they came in. Oh gosh, it was like, man, eh, he's listening that's, to heavy metal. That's the
1: art sign of of a bad guy. So, big, big Judas Priest fan. And like a, a it
0: was like, a, I don't know, one of the less lesser like radio known where you wouldn't be like, oh my god, he was blasting out Slayer or Cannibal Corpse or something like that. He's playing like uh breaking the law, breaking, breaking the law. law. It's like he's playing the radio hits. I mean, come on. This is CBS level yeah. <laughs> of evil villain or something. was
1: completely wasted.
0: So highly not recommended by me. Yeah. But if you hate yourself, check it out <laughs> and let me know. <laughs> Well, and thanks for listening, Ron. It was we had yeah. a good run with you. <laughs> Ron will probably slap me in the face the next time he sees me. I will pay good money if you will. But Ron. if you if you like murder mysteries, this is not necessarily it. There's there's just a murder that's going on around all this character driven soap opera. Yeah,
1: so it's more of like if you like a good soap opera with a little hint of mystery, and you know?
0: and it's kind of uh, Game of Thrones esque, really? where you're like, well, first we're going to follow this there's character, a rape and murder. First, we're going to follow this character. Then we're going to follow that character. And you're kind of like, I don't care about the Daenerys chapter right now. Get back uh, to what I'm trying to watch. I see. Because I don't care about these five other stupid storylines.
1: This one's going to be mostly about this new character, Joan. And the next one, this is about Fred or whatever kind of.
0: No, it's all the same characters that kind of got introduced to you. But like the
1: spotlight of this episode, maybe.
0: Not even that. Okay. No, hmm. but I mean, it's like you're gonna. Here's one for you, semi spoiler. You spend a lot of time with the daughter, mm-hmm. and that goes nowhere. Awesome. So it's like, why did we watch that at all? Because it's character driven. It's like mm-hmm. I don't care about these characters. I hate these characters. Yeah. And there's stuff like Game of Thrones where you're like, I hate these Lannisters, yeah. but you still kind of come around to it, or you're you're having fun watching them be so wicked and naughty. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. There's no, there's you know, no they're, they're, enjoyable wickedness yeah, and naughtiness to this. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, so it sounds like good. Don't watch the mayor of East town. All right. Um, that would be our suggestion. All right. On it's, HBO max. Yeah. Any other shows, TV shows, movies, pamphlets,
0: anything you've perused? No. Okay. I wasn't allowed to. Well, it
1: sounds like pop culture is going to be played a lot sweet. of fallout 76. How yeah. about you? Yeah. I've been playing fallout with my uh, son, Jake. So it's really neat is, um, my youngest and I, you know, this, it's been a really a neat thing, a way uh, for us to connect, and I've really enjoyed it. In fact, I posted on my PS4 where you can share images from it within the game. I shared a picture of he and I in our power armor together after we killed like a ton of. We're standing on a pile of scorched, pretty much. It was kind of. There's a picture I took of us last night. I haven't posted it to the, the stream, but of. Because it looked like you were doing the thing where, hey, let's do a picture, the emote. And so we all lined up there outside my house, and I took a picture. So anyway, it's kind of neat.
0: Beautiful. Oh, and speaking of video games, yeah, what a wonderful segue that we've got created here, and role-playing games. Oh, my. Uh, the Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance game ah. was just released, and I have it on the way to my house through the mail. You're a brave man. But it's got some horrible reviews. Terrible. And not that I am shilling for somebody, but I've got... Yeah, since I'm not shilling for them, since they're not giving me free stuff, I'll All just right. say I have a rental service that ships to my house video games. Mm. So I'm getting to play this, quote unquote, for free, kind of like you used to get your Netflix movies for free. You mm. pay a fee for the month, but I'm not buying the game. So if it sucks, I'll turn around and send it right back. So that's the cool part is you get to try. Yes. It,
1: if it's cool, you might go out and buy it. If it sucks, hey, you're not out anything. No skin off your nose. And you're going to give us the unvarnished Eddie beat down
0: review. So maybe on the next one. But the thing I was really looking forward to that is because it's got, now that it's got some kind of horrible reviews out there, I was going to twist Matt's arm and be, and maybe Gary our buddy Gary and I love the PS2 version. Maybe your kids or whatever, me too. I loved it back in the day. Love, I was love, pumped love, love, up love, for love this. Yeah. And I was like, ah oh, that'll be our one of our new things. Yeah. When we're kind of getting in a F O seventy six again. When yeah. we're getting into a lull here, mm. we'll be able to jump on that and have a great time. But mm. then the reviews are so horrible, I doubt I'll find anybody to play it with locally. I think you can play it via the internet as well as maybe randoms. I don't know. I'll have to check into that. But I' They said the single player experience is even worse. Yeah. So who knows? I may no. may not have a positive it, this is feedback to give because of that.
1: An all too common occurrence: these games are hitting the market that really aren't full fledged. They they haven't been polished. They're not complete. You know, and that and it's kind of like well, I think out there's somebody at the company going, well, we need a return on our investment. Push it out the door anyway, and we're guess do we as players need to draw a line in the sand and go, you know what? We're going to quit buying it. We're not even going to buy it later. It's like you should pre-order to nothing time. to pre-order Nothing. We needs to come out and be a complete game. You know,
0: well, that's what I said on my Facebook is there's certain games that I just love so much, uh, big time into like monster hunter and dark souls and, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But you never know because when uh, The Shadows Never Die when came out from the Dark Souls creators, it's not Dark Souls and they didn't say it was going to be like it. I really don't care for that game, Sekira or whatever, mm-hmm. Sekiro. So that range. one I would have wasted some money if I hadn't got to try it out first and that's something that I probably would have been like, oh, that's going to be a day one purchase. I need and it immediately.
1: loves Dark Souls.
0: So. He loves it. I'm just saying if you think, well, maybe he's being an overly, overly harsh critic, no. you know. Well, pe- some people love the game. Some people don't, and I just don't like that new, it's, I don't know, the blocking of Sekiro Shadows Never Die. It's, I can't get into the timing of it, but mm. who knows, somewhere down the road, I may give it another try and mm. be like, oh, it was fantastic. Fall in love with it. So, All right. Dungeons & Dragons, Dark Alliance, mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do today to tie back into this is talk about some of the historical releases. So let's get in our way back machine. Yeah. So
1: it's kind of like starting off this whole thing by talking about this new TSR Games. We can go back to the original company that produced D&D, you know, TSR, and then they licensed the, what would you call it, the the, the principles, concepts of D&D to various you know, gaming you companies. You licensed the property. Yeah, right, right, right. And so actually even though we're I think we're specifically going to talk about PC gaming,
0: we're talking about all of it and we're going to oh, start okay. with Pool of Radiance, the Gold Box series but by SSI.
1: That was not the very first D&D computer video game. All right, go ahead. What is it? Yeah, the first Dungeons and Dragons licensed games were made by Mattel for the Intellivision, not PC. Just for you, so it's interesting to note, you would think maybe the very first ones were PC. But they only were kind of almost d and d in name only, so what
0: year was that Brrr. yeah see yeah, back that, up, back it up,
1: I know that was the early mid that was the early eighties, that was the early eighties, absolutely
0: well, pool of radiance is nineteen eighty eight yep, and that's the gold block stuff, so yeah, and what what what
1: age are you talking about what's the eighty eight you said yeah, yeah. so the first license for video games based on the Dungeons & Dragons rules were awarded to Strategic Simulations Incorporated, SSI, in 1987 after 10 different companies had applied. Oh, somebody's on Wikipedia. Yeah, SSI won the award primarily because of their broader vision and their experience in computerized wargaming.
0: Okay, now the license was awarded. Awarded, but they didn't make
1: the game until 88. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You are welcome. Yeah, And that game would be? The gold box pull of radiance. Did you ever play it? Sadly, no. See, there you go. We just wasted your time, folks.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what said was. I. That's why. Sadly, I remember when we talked. So I thought well, sad thing is that we could talk about it, but I. I can't tell you anything about the game. I never. Well, got we're going to play. skim through, and it's it's yeah. basically
0: our experiences and which ones that we played. Yeah, we have played some of these,
1: though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So next up comes Hills Far, mm-hmm. which is another gold box pull of radiance in 1989. Have you played that one? No. I can say that one is also uh, was released on the NES. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and right. Some of these were on the NES. Yeah. I own that. Really? But I think I bought it last year, and I have never even thought about playing it. It's just sitting in the collection because You're I'm a big, big video game guy, mm-hmm. and it's Dungeons & Dragons, so it's like, oh, put that up on a shelf. Yeah. Maybe someday. All right. Curse of the Azure Bonds. hmm 89. Secrets of the Silver Blades. It was 90.
1: Champions of Kryn. 1990. Now, these other ones have been Forgotten Realms, but the Champions of Kryn was Dragonlance. So, for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, and I know there should be a Dragonlance one coming up soon that's also on the NES, Uh huh. but now this brings us to Eye of the Beholder. Did you play Eye of the Beholder? Did not, but that's a wow. classic.
1: And that was on the Sega, the NES, and the Amiga as well. What about the Sega CD? Uh, I see that, yeah. <clears throat> yep.
0: Here's where we read Wikipedia to you, folks.
1: I know. It's awesome.
0: But, yes, yeah. of course, I, having a Sega CD back in the day, did play Eye of the Beholder on that system. Man. Fantastic. I love it. Cool. Uh,
1: by, and this was by Westwood Studios, but so I guess SSI either what subcontracted that, or is that a wing of SSI? But I noticed that on, on oh, Wikipedia. Westwood?
0: Yeah, Westwood. Oh, Westwood is a different one, yeah. and I think one of their claims to fame is uh, Command & Conquer, yeah. Red Alert.
1: Yeah, but the interesting and thing And lots is of other things. C, yeah, but SSI still held the license at this point, because if you'll notice, it jumps right back to SSI.
0: Yeah, but Hills Far was also done by Westwood Studios. That's right. So it could have been a subcontract thing yeah, or all that. Yeah, or whatever. Okay. But Eye of the Beholder, really good. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of, do you want to go back and play these uh, third-person views where you're going through the maze where you're actually in a dungeon and I'm trying to think I guess would doom be a good kind of example for our younger listeners
1: yeah cuz I'm trying to think of yeah if I taught, if I mentioned uh wizardry no, um, um you remember the wizardry series
0: castle what castle wolfenstein oh. that would be the better example okay yeah so that's what was kind of hot at the time mm-hmm. and if you want to go back and play some of these and get that feel that's a really good game Mm -hmm. but this is back in the day where you had to stare at walls. Yeah. Do you remember that in some of the older games or did you play some of those that were that old?
1: I I did play some of those. Yeah. So
0: you'd be going through the dungeon and you just come to a dead end and you're like, I cannot figure out anywhere else to go in this place. Mm -hmm. So your character, your party, since you've got that uh, point of view, is it? No. Would it be third person or first person? First person. First person. Yeah. My bad. So in that, so you're seeing, like, all the walls in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. So you have to go walk around this entire dungeon or what have you, pushing looking at each wall. and every tile and either just pushing or looking to see if there's a little teeny tiny rock out of place that could be a you button. You
1: over it or something. Like
0: yeah. yeah. But you have to find it. It's not glowing and shining in your face. Like
1: nowadays, they would have something like that, where eventually it's all like you've, you've come back here three and four times, let's throw you a bone. Now, back then it was... Uh-uh, and yeah. if you
0: wanted to heal, hmm. you had to rest in the dungeon, and you're going to
1: get wandering monsters, right? You could
0: potentially get wandering monsters depending on where you rest, and you had enough to have to have enough food to do it because yeah. I think you could starve to death during your rest.
1: Yeah, wow. you just wake up dead. Huh? It's
0: kind of like how long do you want to rest for? Okay, I hope you had that much food because you're resting until you die or what have you. It's not yeah. like you wake up and go, "There's no food." I'm famished, or
1: whatever. Yeah. And then I guess next is Eye of the Beholder 2, The Legend of Dark Moon.
0: Which I want to think that I have played that as well. But
1: but it's funny. It shows that it's only home
0: computer and Amiga. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I didn't play that on Sega CD. But Mm -hmm. at some point in time, probably in the Mm mid-90s, I went back and played a lot of the Later games. It might even be yeah. two thousand. I went back and played some of them, wow. but we'll see. Cause I think we they, shall they, see. We'll they discuss that. Some
1: of these later and, exactly. them and resold them. Well, and then I guess next was Pools of Darkness, which was back to SSI again in ninety one.
0: Well, we don't have to read the entire list okay, since you're true. reading it over there too, true, true. on your phone. Yeah. Where do you get to your next game that you play? Did you play Neverwinter Nights, the Gold Box Edition? Boom, yeah, Neverwinter Nights, there you go. Did you play anything before that? No. And speaking of uh, not reading every single one, Death Knights of Krenn, though, Yeah. that one was really, I remember when that was like hot poop. Mm -hmm. People just went ape for that one. It
1: seemed like I heard good buzz about that one, yeah.
0: Okay, so Neverwinter Nights, the Gold Box Edition. Mm -hmm.
1: The Savage Frontier.
0: Yeah, tell us all about it. What
1: well, was just weird. It was AOL, Stormfront Studios, and SSI. So it's like AOL was involved. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, and, oh, it was the first multiplayer online role-playing game to display graphics and ran from 91 to 97 on AOL. So it was actually on AOL. So were you on AOL? Yes, I was uh-huh. on AOL. Yeah, definitely. You've got mail. Um, but anyway, yeah, developer was beyond software and then publisher was strategic simulations. So that must be before like Westwood studio made was the developer. Um, and it was for DOS came out in 91. Yeah. I mean, it was, I don't, I mean, it was, it was okay. It was all right. <coughs> you know,
0: thank you for the detailed review, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. This is why we don't let him do the video game segment guys.
1: Exactly. Right. What do you have to say, sir?
0: I didn't play it. So well,
1: then get out of here, man.
0: Yeah. Well, what was it like? Was it first person, third person? Did it look like Diablo? Did it look like no, what? It was.
1: It was like you're talking, It was like first person. And okay. It was like you say, kind of going, you know, through the dungeon step by step. But and you could have right, multiple
0: right. people in it. Absolutely. So you yeah. built a party. Did you have any of our notorious names from back then? Did you have like Gary or Alvin in your party? No. Mm-mm. Did you ever party up? Could you play it solo?
1: It was solo play, yeah, but you could play it multiplayer. Well, you played it multiplayer, but you could play it on your home computer solo, sure.
0: Okay, so yeah. did you group up with people? No. Insightful. I know, I know. All right, let's move on down the list Please. without reading them all. I think yeah. the next thing we'll get to is Dungeons & Dragons, Warriors of the Eternal Sun on, on the Sega, Sega Genesis. Genesis.
1: Yeah, we both played that one. All right.
0: Yeah. So that one was a mix.
1: And actually, do you know that was Mystara Hollow World?
0: Yep, okay. Which at the time I didn't know nothing about that because right. this is 1992. And back to Westwood Studios, yeah, 92. But yeah, I remember um, I had the Sega,
1: and I had that game because I was like, "Ooh, it's Dungeons and Dragons." But I remember when you were doing your home game, the 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 yep. premise that was completely ripped off the from the world, that. swallowed it up. I was thinking, "Hey, that sounds familiar." And later on, you could find, "Oh yeah, I I took that concept from." Eternal yeah, Wars I was of very Eternal open so, about it. Why not yeah. steal yeah. it? Yeah, no, I mean, steal with both. It's hands. a great opening it really is i love the the shaking screen and you know whatever right in the middle of the hobgoblin attack
0: but that one you have a top-down view of the party when you're on the like exploration world map what
1: do they call that? Isomet night? there's a term for it but yeah but yeah top not quite top down it kind of from the top but down to one side kind of
0: you know what there's a term no that one because like um i don't know diablo maybe yeah,
1: which is a term that I can't think of because I mean actual top down think would be that bird's one, eye view. But there's not isometric but iso something or another. But anyway, but that one
0: almost is a little bit more so because if I'm remembering it correctly, they were pretty flat looking. Yeah, when you got your view. True, true. Yeah, but, but it was for its time and on the
1: Sega, it was. Fun. I had a lot of fun. And then with when it.
0: you were actually in the dungeon, you were back mm-hmm. to the first person, mm-hmm. staring at the stone walls and. Mm-hmm. So it had a lot in common with Eye of the Beholder. So hmm, if I had to recommend out of those two for you going back, well, obviously it'd probably be a lot easier for you to get your hands on Eye of the Beholder. Mm -hmm. But with emulators, you could probably do Warriors of the Eternal Sun. Yeah, fairly but, easily. Yeah, but there's enough, there's some sites online where you can
1: play some of these old games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. See. With
0: through emulators online. Mm-hmm. But both mm-hmm. Eye of the Beholder and Warriors of the Eternal Sun, both of those are really fantastic. Yeah. And if you can go back and play those games, which I don't know if people can now, mm-hmm. just eh, probably. But like I said, having to go through it's like going back and playing a first edition game now. Mm-hmm. If you started in fifth or something, you'd be like, right. that was fun back then. Yeah, it was. But there's definitely ones now where I'm like, I don't know if I would go back and visit it just because I don't want to do that. Right. And doing your own mapping. Yeah. Sitting there with your paper so you can draw out where you're going in a video game. Mm-hmm. All right. Not my idea. Fine. Let's see. I didn't play a lot of these. I believe right. I played Eye of the Beholder 3 Assault on Myth Adrenor. Oh, my. Which, pretty much the same. Eye of the Beholder... Gameplay, mm-hmm. again, it was pretty good. And that brings us all the way up to 1993. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you play any of these following games? No. I, of course, played Ravenloft, Strahd's Possession.
1: Duh. And that's when the, 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 the seed was planted.
0: No. Huh. I did not play it in 1994. There was, like you said, there was a re-release at some point, mm-hmm. it was, which is yeah. probably going to be closer to 2000, mm-hmm. and that's where I went back and played a bunch of these, but yeah. I did play Ravenloft, Strahd's Possession. I can't remember if I played the Aliquidum, Genie's Curse. Mm-hmm. I think I played the Menzo Baranzen. I was
1: thinking, I was like, I swear that Menzo Baranzen sounds familiar. Dreamforce. I would
0: like to say I played this Ravenloft Stone Prophet, but I actually went and watched a video of that one, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, it's not ringing a bell. No,
1: it's been so long. Honey, four. We think that hey, wasn't that long That Was a long time ago. Yeah.
0: But going back to Strahd's possession, that yeah. was really cool. And being a Ravenloft fan, I very much appreciated it. And I we did we ended up doing a Ravenloft game up at the club, and mm-hmm. I ripped off some stuff from that game too to put in there cool. because that one was a big melding of a lot of different things. There wasn't very much originality to it. It Mm -hmm. was just putting in different parts, and I think it came out really well. But that's a good one. I would recommend you check that out, especially if you're a big Ravenloft fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deathkeep. Nothing for that? No. Dark Suns Online. No, sir. Descent to Undermount. No. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. We'd have to look out look up when Diablo came out. Mm -hmm. But I think Descent to Undermount was supposed to be the D&D answer to original Diablo. Probably. Does that sound correct to you? I think you're right. And I didn't like it. I played the poop out of original Diablo back in the day. Were you big into the Diablo back then?
1: Oh, I played the poop out of Diablo.
0: But I think Descent to Undermount was supposed to be their answer, and it just didn't catch for me. I can't tell you why. So anyway, do you remember the game Descent
1: that was hot stuff around that time? So, it's, mm-hmm. so the Descent to Undermountain, the Descent part of the name refers to the game's use of the 3D rendering engine from the 1995 game, Descent. Mm-hmm. So they used the Descent engine to make Descent to Undermountain mm-hmm. for what it's worth by Interplay. So, you know, we've, like, I mean, SSI had got the exclusive rights way back when, and then, you know, you saw they, they were the publisher, but different companies did the work. But I think it was around when we're getting close to where maybe SSI didn't have the sole contract anymore.
0: Yeah. So towards the end of 98, mm-hmm. Bioware is making the games and outcomes. One that we can definitely talk about oh, Baldur's Gate,
1: Baldur's Gate, that from Bioware, which is a Canadian game company, a couple of doctors or whatever owned it. And, uh, or they had their doctorate, but I don't know, you know, but man, I'm telling you Baldur's Gate, gosh, I played the poop out of that. And then, I want to think a lot of these games that we're fixing to talk about were reissued not too long ago by Beamdog, which is a company that they got the rights to them. And now it's called like Bowder's Gate. uh, What's the term they use? Uh, Enhanced or whatever. All these are called Whatever they were the called, The enhanced before, edition. The enhanced edition. And so know,
0: a bunch of these that we're going to be talking about. You can get your hands on and put them, play them on a modern yeah, PC without having to have an emulator. And but I'm gonna tell you, like I remember we when
1: we first met Cody, I think we had just started replaying. Was it? Wasn't? Wasn't it the Bowder's Gate enhanced or whatever that were by Beamdog? It was one of these, and we told I Cody thought it was Neverwinter. It might have been. It was Bowder's Gate or Neverwinter. Those two really stand out in my mind as some of the best PC gaming I've just ever did. But it was one of these that they had done, the enhanced version. We told Cody about it, and I, I remember he
0: seemed to enjoy it. But Did you know that they're isometric games that utilize an isometric point of view? Some examples would be StarCraft, Diablo, Torchlight, Bastion, uh, a camera that looks at the world with a 45-degree angle of rotation from an overhead perspective. That's so that's what, what I, you were talking about earlier.
1: Isometric, yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, see, so that is, because
1: there's, yeah, there's, anyway, yeah, first person, third person, isometric, yeah. So it's that kind of top-down but tilted back at a 40 level. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, so I'm at Bowder's Gate. Bioware at
0: this point came along, and, man, they really. That was a massive leap forward, and I yeah, think that shift. was under second edition rules. That's probably the first one that was under second edition rules. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this was around – this This came out in uh, November 30th, 1998, and it used a brand-new engine, the Infinity Engine, which was something that the Bowder's Bioware had uh, came up with. And so it was – Bowder's Gate was Forgotten Realms, obviously, Bowder's Gate. I mean, if you know your lore. Um, and, man, that was just such a
0: phenomenal game. Yeah, it was a massive leap forward yeah, in yeah. just RPGs in general. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Did you play the Tales of the Sword Coast expansion? Oh, I played all the expansions, absolutely. One of the cool things about that was that people could make so many different expansions for it on their own, so you could be like, oh, did you play this such-and-such mod or what have you? And there were so many good freaking and probably just lost to the sands of time now. Yeah.
1: So uh, this is what I was getting at. So before like SSI we mentioned, SSI was the publisher, but then it was like Westwood or whoever, Dreamworks or realm or something. It was the one that actually did made it work. So this is where Black Isle Studios and again, Black Isle Studios was doing some amazing stuff. So sure Bioware was the publisher, but Black Isle Studios they we, they were both
0: they they were both developers here. Well, Black actually, Isle gets to put out the game. And actually when it in, gets to Planescape Torment.
1: Yeah, so I will say i am moving back to the publisher now is Interplay. The developers were Bioware and Black Isle. Anyway, okay. Sorry. So there you go. But uh man, yeah, love that these games. Okay, Planescape Torment. Uh, Planescape Torment. Um and here's what so it's crazy. Uh, I played Bowder's Gate, Bowder's Gate Tales of the Sword Coast. I never got to play Planescape Torment, and this is really that planted the seed for a lot of people that fell in love uh-huh. with Planescape. You know, the city of uh, City I, of Doors. Or whatever. I
0: really don't like Planescape, but I love this game. Planescape Torment. Which
1: one was? And I love you had the. That was where these games really set themselves apart. And I'm glad that we're talking because I'm sparking. Like, let me tell you reasons. Everyone can say we liked it, but why did we like it? The NPCs that went with you had character, right? If you if you it was brilliant. Like if you did something bad, certain characters would break away from you. If you did good things, certain characters would break away
0: from you because yeah, you exactly. had evil characters y- yeah. that could join you. And uh, and so they were really rich. They had character. You sm- your I'm smiling because I can't remember their names right now, but I remember there was an evil wizard and an evil rogue that would join you. Half- I think Link. in Baldur's Gate, absolutely, and he would I be like, them. I can't remember what he that little crazy. character's name was, but the wizard would be if the um, thief got killed. He, Montagon or something. Yeah, he'd like be like, Montagon? I never cared for you. <laughs> <laughs> when he would di- when he would die. He'd be exactly. Like, yeah, he's evil. He but just I, threw him to the freaking wolves. But I love
1: everybody ever played a damn halfling, played him as a kinder, even before kinders were a thing, or happy go lucky little sweetie pies or what yeah, it's coming out in cats and dogs. But anyway, but I love that this little halfling. No, he was evil. And so, um, Wow, this is coming on kinda hard and fast. But anyway, um halfling like they have different things they would say, like preset recordings for like when they, when you do this, like if you would tell the halfling to do something, he'd be, he'd be like sleep lightly, Taskmaster. Or when he would charge into battle, he'd be like let the rivers run red. And you're like, what halfling says that? But he mm-hmm. was an evil he was evil e- e-
0: or e- 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 very evil. And, e- and the
1: wizard was, but they were both zents. I mean, they were like from a realm that's supposed to be. Anyway, yeah. So no, the NPCs had a lot of character.
0: Yeah, and that's probably the big leap forward too is that instead of all your party members are basically you mm-hmm. like in uh eye of the beholder mm-hmm. it's more of a tactical game you're just assigning them mm-hmm. you know your character should be like i'm not doing that or if you do this this is how i react to it or yeah. can i speak to you for a minute yeah and you'd have little s- side adventures just off that np or that a character that's yeah, and, with you,
1: and you would see, like we talked about, if, like, say, if if you went to include this one character in the party NPC, about the time you did, you didn't get any warning. After you did, it, this one character would go, "If you're going to run with this guy, I'm not." They would they would leave the party. Like when you'd rest, they'd go during the night while you were resting. The ranger left your party because you know he he's not going to be in a party with this scumbag or whatever. So that was really really that was groundbreaking.
0: You yeah. know, yeah. Oh, and some weird books. When you talk about Baldur's Gate, do you ever read that? Yeah. They had some novelizations of the game.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. And and uh, and talking about like Planescape though, I want to think, like because it was a Planescape, so they had to really kind of make it extra weird or quirky because it's it was. Um, like that you like one of your campaigns was a floating skull. Yep. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What are those called?
0: Floating skulls. No, you guys just fought one the other day. Oh. Is wow. it a. It's almost like a flame skull or... Yeah, or something like that.
1: But it's just trippy to think you'd have one of those as a traveling companion. Well,
0: that's because it's uh, Planescape. Planescape, You yeah. had a succubus yeah. as a traveling companion. companion. Yeah. And, uh, your character could not die. He would always keep coming back because he's in the Planescape and mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all the uh, afterlifes or whatever knew not to take you. Your soul couldn't go. Oh, yeah, wow. So you just to solve the mystery. It's also a game that you could beat on Pacifist. Oh wow. If you had enough charisma and all that you could talk, talk your, your way, way out, out of every bo- battle. Wow. Now I tried that I never got anywhere with it mm-hmm. not even close but yeah. it can be done. Interesting. So definitely check out Planescape Torment and yeah. again that's got the remastered edition or enhanced edition as they're called. Yeah from Beam Dog uh, um, Icewind Dale
1: Sadly, I don't think I forgot to play
0: this one. Come on, man! But
1: I've heard some really good things about it. I want to say it was, you know,
0: Uh, Jackson was telling me he was playing it the other day and he really enjoyed it. Yeah. But that's one that I didn't really like Hmm. because it was more
1: hack and slash.
0: Hack and slash. It was more to the not as much interplay from the other characters. Mm -hmm. So I didn't care for Icewind Dale, but I know there are people that love it, and probably people looking for a more Diablo-esque experience yeah. in it.
1: Now, all these games took place in Forgotten Realms, and this one was Except one, for Planescape. Um, well, yeah, because... Exactly. But um, but still, that kind of segues in with all that kind of Forgotten Realms stuff. But yeah, it's Planescape. Um, and, and these go back and forth between Black Isle Studios and BioWare, but I think they were working together. And Icewind Dale came out June 20th, so... 2000. 2000. So it came out around this time... Uh wow, twenty one years ago. Man, where does the time go? Um, all right. So next is Bowder's Gate two Shadows of Om.
0: Yep, more of the same. Fantastic. And it built on loved it, it. And could it have been better than the first one? Possibly. We'll see one of the takeaways
1: from this that I really loved was and okay, in, in old school first in D and D, at like tenth level, ninth or tenth level, you became your that was your named level. And you know what I'm getting at where used to in the players' handbook they had like at first level, you're, you know, a, a warrior. Then you're a Myrmidon. Then you're a gladiator, whatever. And then, like, at level ninth or 10th, you're a fighter lord or whatever or something like that. Anyway, I mean, okay. So, but it's kind of like, again, in that game, it was cool as you were playing it, you eventually got a chance where, like, if you would push one character kind of 40s, you're, like, whatever your primary character, because you had the NPCs that traveled with you, if it was a fighter you would invariably get this opportunity where you would be bequeathed some deed through some task you did. And now you've been given this old fort out in the woods and you mm-hmm. and your retainers have to go settle it and run the monsters out. But after that, it's yours, or at least you're this vassal of a, of a Lord, but you're going to keep that up for him and keep that property safe. But you own your own keep like that's ah, kind of cool as a fighter. Or if you're the wizard at one point, this sphere, this, Sphere from another dimension just suddenly appears in the middle of the town and wipes out just blocks and blocks of the town. And you're sent by the local constabulary or leader of the town, whatever, to go figure out what happened. What is this sphere? Where did it come from? And and messing around with it, you find a way in. And inside of it, it's like a pocket dimension. You fight all these otherworldly, extra-dimensional weird creatures. And you get to fight stuff from, like, dark suns and... Uh, anyway, whatever, after you've cleared the sphere out, it becomes your home if you're a wizard. You know, So it was neat that beyond just having the cool NPCs that have their own flavor
0: or something, that was a neat thing. I really loved that touch. Which if you haven't that. checked out Pillars of Eternity, mm-hmm. that's a really good modern one. We're sticking to the D&D games today. But yeah. I will say specifically since you mentioned that and especially mm-hmm. like building up your castle mm-hmm. and kind of a way to take all the gold away from you, uh-huh. that one's really good for that too. Yeah.
1: So that was Bowder's Gate, Shadow Bomb. And then there's Icewind Dale, Heart of
0: Winter. Didn't play it. I wasn't that big into Icewind Dale. Dale so why would
1: you get the expansion? Bowder's Gate 2, The Throne of Baal. Oh, man. Of course. That was cool where you are potentially the son of Baal and you're vying against these other ones or whatever, I guess. And that was again by... That came out in 2001 and that was a great one. And there's Icewind Dale, Trials of the Lure, Lure Master. And, again, didn't play that. Apparently, mm-hmm. I just didn't ever even try the Icewind Dale stuff, sadly. And showing how things kind of come full circle, Pools of Radiance, the Ruins of Draenor. So, they, probably people that had that beloved um, remembrance nostalgia for Pools of Radiance, Stormfront Studios comes back with that based in Forgotten Realms. It was for Windows in 2001. Did not play that one.
0: Me neither, but of course we played Ballersgate Dark Alliance. Oh yeah,
1: that was PS2, Xbox, Nintendo GameCube, you know whatever. But yeah, I'm surprised
0: it's on the GVA Yeah, what the at Game Boy Advance? Oh yeah, that that's hard to believe. Yeah,
1: It used the Dark Alliance engine, so we had a new engine there. Man, but I had a lot of fun. I played the poop out of that. Me and one. my wife
0: had a lot of fun with that since that was a two player game. And What'd I'm you trying to think, would you would doors, compare you know? that to? But anyway, that's um, it almost makes me think of like Gauntlet, where you have the multiple players running around on screen. Uh huh. Back when you played multiplayer games with one screen. But there's kind of you're tethered
1: together. Like, hey, would you hurry yep. up? You're holding me back. You know, come closer to me or whatever. Yep.
0: So that one was a lot of fun, and, and that's more of an arcade it, yeah. style experience.
1: Here it comes. Here it comes. The Mac Daddy, the Big Dog, Never winter Nights. So not to be confused with the previous one. This was on Windows, Macs, and Linux. Linux, BioWare, Aurora, the Aurora engine in 2002, June. Again, June, man, that's going to be a, you know, yeah. So about 20 years ago, Outcomes Neverwinter Nights. Man, this game was so cool. I just, I had so much fun with it. I played the poop out of it.
0: That seems like that one was another leap forward just because of the yeah. sandbox aspect of it there was just so much more stuff to do the world got so much bigger
1: yeah so this one is an interesting little backstory so it's a a, a the third-person role-playing video game it was developed by bioware interplay entertainment was originally set to publish the game but financial difficulties led to them being taken over by infogrames grams whatever who released the game under their atari range of titles it was released for Microsoft Windows on June 18th. Bioware later released a Linux blah 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 blah. But the interesting thing was it was supposed to be released by Interplay, but that's about the time Interplay went boobies up or something. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But yeah, that was such a that was just a great game, man. Loved loved that game. I I I played it and play I played it. It's like a lot of times I might play through once as one character type and go yeah I'm good. But this is one where like I went back and played it as a wizard and as a fighter and you know, as a paladin or whatever. I mean, I just really love that one. Yep. Anything you'd add to that, sir?
0: No, that one's fantastic. That yeah. one, we just were playing it a couple of years ago because that one's still been kept alive so much through the yeah. internet community. Well, wasn't that they came up with the enhanced
1: version of that beam Beamdog yet, I think, as well? And so we got it off Steam, and we were playing that and comparing notes. I think even Papa John might have heard us talking about it. Didn't he try it? Maybe even Cody. So, yeah. Well, what was the one that we were all playing online for a while. That was... That's, Under Neverwinter in-house, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, because Neverwinter was already a great game. On top of that, they released the engine
0: in a capacity where players could build their own mods and worlds. So there's so many communities and worlds out yeah. there that yeah even I, if you've played through the game a yeah. million times, there's more to do.
1: yeah Go get your hands on the base game, and you can find... So many free mods for it. I played some, there was, in fact, here's what's neat. There were some of these mods that were so well done by some of the people that the company offered. I mean, one guy, I remember, a job. He's like, your mod's so good and the story's so good, we're calling you up to the big leagues. Because your programming is so good and your storytelling is so good, you know. So, yeah. We're an hour
0: in, and we still have about 20 years worth of games to okay, cover. Okay,
1: so we need to speed ups. just stuff that we know we've played, but that's definitely, we had to mention, I wanted to get to Neverwinter Nights, and honestly, after
0: that. Temple of Elemental Evil in 2003. Yeah. Did you play that one? No. I played that one. Papa John played it, since you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. That was a good way to actually get to play through the Temple of Elemental Evil, because who's cool. ever going to sit down and get to run, run the whole thing. It's they, just really difficult. So that one I recommend to you too.
1: And I'm tickled to see one thing as I'm looking at the screen here. Finally, some games based in Greyhawk because, you know, I'm an old Greyhawker. I mean, I have no ill will towards Forgotten Realms, but Greyhawk is my kind of touchstone to when I first got into D&D. So there's a number of titles here. Dungeons and Dragons, Heroes, Temple of the Those take place specifically in Greyhawk. So anyway, um, after that, I, you know.
0: Dark Alliance 2.
1: Yep, I see that.
0: More of the same, another Mm -hmm. good game. Yep, good stuff. I skipped a bunch of that. Dungeons & Dragons Online. Yep, Storm That sounds like something you'd be playing.
1: And yeah, oh, I played the crap out of Dungeons & Dragons Online. It's actually really good. It really is. The graphics weren't bad. I enjoyed some of the dungeons. Um, It's online play. These days, I think you can play. It's free to play, and it really is one of those ones that it's not... It is it is free to play. You have limited access to the dungeons and some of the most fun dungeons you have you can buy as a, a one time fee and you have access to it, or you could you could pay for a month of service and have a lot of fun in that month. You know and no no I, that definitely me Gary and some other friends of mine ex girlfriends and stuff played
0: that had a lot of fun with it. That was, dungeons and Dragons Tactics on the PSP. I didn't even know that was a thing. I should look into it. Isn't that, that interesting? Sounds, yeah. Yeah and then Neverwinter
1: Nights 2 in October 31st of 2006. So those many years later it was by Obsidian Entertainment. Neverwinter Nights 2 was a lot of fun, as was Mask of the Betrayer and some of the other things. Yeah, no those were those were really fun.
0: I don't remember playing it. So yeah, no,
1: Neverwinter Nights 2 was was good. It was good. Or maybe was that the one that had the engine where you could build on it. Anyway, regardless I, all all anything that's pretty much as Neverwinter Nights, you know, pretty much good stuff.
0: All right, now we're getting into the
1: enhanced editions. Oh, my. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's just kind of more of the same, you
0: know. Well, this 20 years is speeding by. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's kind of interesting because you get, you know, 20 years of history where there's a lot of classic games, and then it kind of dries up and just becomes enhanced editions. But, but that I, could also tell you the state of D&D during the last 20 years before we get to 5th edition. Yeah.
1: And and, I, and that's what I'll say is, honestly, if you got it right the first time, I mean the the, the graphics weren't bad, so they kind of hold up. and But the content was so, so good. You'd have to, ha- and it just shows you how much stuff has been rehashed or redone. Because honestly, I mean th- that stuff that Bioware and um, Black Isle did was so good. Mm-hmm. Just reissue it where it runs on current computers and keep on trucking I mean you know yeah. yeah,
0: and if you want to get the really old school like Gold Box and Eye of the Beholder feel and you don't want to dig those up there's also the Legend of Grim Rock series
1: which is a in the same vein kind of of the
0: classic old school D&D games so check that out if you hmm. if you were interested in some of these but you don't want to try and track them down uh, so like I said that brings us to the Enhanced Editions mm-hmm and then Baldur's Gate three, which I don't think either one of us have played. Have not,
1: no. And that's why oh, haven't well, you played it? Because it's TBA. No, there's early access right
0: now though. Oh. Because um, uh, Cody and Sean, I think, have already played through it at that's least.
1: True, and they were raving about it.
0: I. A lot of times I don't want to do that when Man. it's like, let me know when it's done.
1: I'll say this: I've in the day I would vie and do the thing where you kind of tell them your pedigree. And I'd get picked to be a beta tester, but invariably I'd play the game. And I'm the guy that's like, I'm generally going to submit bugs and stuff like that, where someone just want to, I'm playing for free or something. But many a time I would be so let down by the beta, Not you need to be that guy in the back of your head to remember this is beta. And then I'd go, Ugh, this is awful. Well, no, it's in beta. And then so I'd be put off, and then later on the full product come out, and I'd hear, oh, it's brilliant. I'd go, eh, it's probably No, it sucks. I played it. Well, you played it in beta. Now you've got the full published, published product. Oh, it's great, you know. So now I'm kind of like, call me when you've got it done, you've got it out, and then I'll play, you know. That's yep. where I am anymore. But here's, yeah, Dungeons & Dragons, Dark Alliance, Baldur's Gate, Forgotten Realms, PC console, On how do you pronounce that, games? T-U-Q-U-E? Anyway, 2021, so that's that's due to be out any
0: time now. That's what we were talking about earlier. Oh, Dark Alliance is out now. Oh, it is out, okay. Yeah, it's on the way to my house.
1: Oh, yeah, but what's the you know, the game? Company? Oh, no. Yeah, I can't pronounce that. 2Q. But, th- but there were other games that were put out, but they didn't use the actual game mechanics. They just simply had the name. And that was like I said back in 1981. So I did say in the early 80s. That's when the Dungeons and Dragons computer fantasy game came out for like Mattel, actually that which was on, that
0: must have been kind of like one of those Tiger Electronics yeah, games if you that, can yeah, remember a little, that even little,
1: little handheld LCD. And then it was 82 is when the Intellivision. Advanced and I and Dragons. think
0: I actually have that game. I owned
1: it and it's oh, it's terrible. But I mean, look at the time and what was available. And here's interesting: Apple II has Dungeon exclamation point. Kind of like the board game, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. I've got Heroes of the Lance, I'm pretty sure, for the NES. Yeah. U.S.
1: Gold. Dragon, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, man. So, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, gosh, this list goes on of stuff that doesn't actually use the, yeah. You know, the game. Yeah. Iron and
0: Blood, the Warriors of Ravenloft. Do you remember that one? No. That was around the time of the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter fate. Uh, craze. Sure. So, that's where they tried to get their cut of that.
1: Yeah but they slap D&D on it figuring the people that might buy it because it's D&D not because it's they want to play a fighter and then there's Lords of Waterdeep in 2014 interesting I wonder if that's I don't know iOS Android play deck and then Dungeons and Dragons Dice Adventures is to be announced soft launch or something I don't know weird But yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. For your
0: iOS and Android device. Yeah, and
1: then, well, there's a list online. Neverwhere Night, Savage Frontier, Forgotten Realms, that was DOS. That was DOS back in 91 from Stormfront. So there's been an online presence all the way back to 91 for D&D as an online game. Dark Sun Online, 96. If you had AOL. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons Online from Turbine. Turbine. Turbine? Yeah, and that's the one I've played a lot of fun. Dungeons & Dragons Tiny Adventures, came out in 2008 for facebook okay never played that heroes of neverwinter came out in 2011 again forgotten realms facebook uh neverwinter this that one came out in uh, what was that 2013 from cryptic studios and finally warriors of Waterdeep came out in 2018 for android and ios so those some of them have been phone games or something But now I'll tell you that, honestly, give
0: Dungeons & Dragons Online a whirl. I had a lot of fun with it, man. had a lot of fun. Uh, One of the things that we didn't talk about with these games, too, that was different than others is a lot of them you could import characters. Oh, yeah. Like once you played... um, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate 1, you you could bring them into 2. But they even did that back in the day for some of the, like, Eye of the Beholders. Really? So, yeah, way back in the day, you got to roll up your character... And you, I think you could keep rolling until you were satisfied with your stats after you had cheated enough.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I remember that crap, And yeah.
0: then you could actually carry your characters forward, which is something I miss now in the days of, you know, part one, two, and three of games. You get the trilogies, but you don't get to start with all your gear and... I mean, like, say, Dark Souls, for example. Yeah. You don't get to carry those over because those aren't in order. They're not in sequence yeah. for something that's going on.
1: But one thing I love is Back in the early days of some of these games, it was bored the advantage of the. I mean, the computers were a thing and the internet was a thing, but the internet was in its infancy, so there wasn't all these millions of cheater sites with Easter eggs and all that stuff. But it was oh, cool yeah. how some things would get shared around and knowledge, or you found something, or your buddy found it, would tell you about it. But the, I think the people that made Bowder's Gate, the designers, wanted to be able to like they even knew in, in early D and D, it's based off Second Edition D and D rules. You have so few spells, and it sucks to playing a wizard. It's like oh, I want some more castings, and they wanted to keep it close to or pure. Um, to second edition D anD D, so you had you, you know you had very few castings, but very on in Bowder's Gate there was a spot where if you you wouldn't know this, but if you just cursored around, and you, it was a really tight, what would you call the thing where you have to cursor to find it? But somebody somewhere once and once been just swinging their cursor around and went, oh hey, what was that? And then there's a ring you can find, and I mean it's on the grounds on this, you know, I mean it's, but if you found it, it was a ring of wizardry. Mm-hmm. A ring of wizardry—you could essentially have it like level two or three. Well, you slap that on, and suddenly your number of spell slots for like first, second level spells doubles. So it's like, we—it doesn't suck as much to be a, a low-level wizard. And so the idea was—I think there was some cheater thing where you could take that character that just got that ring and reload it, and then go get that into a new game. Go we'll get that ring again, and now you've got—you could have one ring per hand. At first level, you might have six, seven magic missiles. Now you're cooking, you know? Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. But but I remember now, I mean, if that was in a game, everyone would know about it day one. But back then, like, not everybody knew that. But I found out about it and was like, hot dog, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, I that's probably around like that.
0: the time when all the, like, game facts and stuff, kind of getting into the early to mid-90s, mm-hmm. when you could just go and print out all the cheat stuff, too. Like, mm-hmm. here's the complete guide, and some of those games... You needed it. You need that guy. Like I'm never in a million years going to find that one tile through this whole dungeon that I need to press on. Or you're not going to find the really super cool item that's going to make your life fantastic like that wing of wizardry without it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it's like you say, it's neat how that became like a whole cottage industry where there's companies that their whole thing was building these these game guides,
0: you know. Yeah, but it's interesting that you can kind of have a fifth edition D&D experience right now with the Baldur's Gate 3. But if you want to go back to the old days and see how that was, too, just like pulling out your first edition books or the Osric books, you can pull out those old get, uh, gold box games or Legend of Grimrock and see what it was like. And I want to think... Now, didn't... See some, what we used to call fun. Didn't some of these
1: ladder games eventually use 3.5 d or am I crazy? Oh, yeah. I think the second never winner used 3.5 yep. rules. So, again, if you like 3.5, great. If you if you don't, maybe not. But, when, again... If you were like, well, I I wouldn't mind a taste to see what 3.5 is
0: like, go play that Neverwinter 2. The real question is, the one that everybody says is the most video game, MMO-like, 4th edition, was there a game that actually used 4th edition rules? (laughs) Probably, but I don't know what it was off the top of my head. No,
1: me either, and it's kind of ironic. That was one that people say, yeah, is the most like a video game, and there wasn't a game that would have been the easiest one to emulate as a game. So it's kind of funny. But, uh, but yeah, definitely, like I said, pound per pound, Neverwinter Nights, best money I ever spent on a video game because I played that through so many times. My X5 played it through so many times. And then when I discovered there's a place called like Neverwinter Vault, that was what it's was called. It had all these freebie mods you could play that added more hours of content for just free mods. And there was a ton of them. They're still out there. I think there's one for Neverwinter Nights 1 and 2, I think maybe. But anyway, but also that's where people have made whole gaming worlds like little online and we played on one of those for me you and Gary for what was it three four five months I mean we got and it was free and we had a ton of fun but we finally got really high level and it just kind of bogged down and got we well, got really hard well that too
0: it kept up with you when you're like yay I can smoke everything yeah. they would show you no no you can't
1: but it was neat because I can remember Eddie would be you know here at home you know doing his chores doing everything but I'd be at work I'd get home in the evening he'd go hey just here's a heads-up text the next part of the riddle <laughs> is you know dark Knight or something but this guy in this world to unleash these certain unlock these nodes in the world that let you progress your character and do certain things you had to have to figure out these the the answer to the riddle or whatever you know and this guy was over here cracking the code you know of each of these nodes and we'd find the locations of them exploring around it was it was saved you a little time Absolutely. You can go right back into the meat of it. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I'd come for work. Boom, I'm on to the next node. But I'm just saying, is think how we're talking about this now. How much fun me, him, and Gary had. I mean, Gary and he developed some character skills where he could craft magic items or mm-hmm. something. And Gary's we were, always the crafter. Yeah, we're glad that like this guy's breaking the codes and and uh, and Gary was crafting all the cool gear for us. And then again, this was completely free content. Yep. Yeah, and so there's some of these these, these uh, ongoing game worlds that people have kept going for years. There's a number of them. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of this that a you can get them. for it's free. dirt free. cheap yeah. Yeah. and just have an unfathomable amount of time in, of entertainment. Because
1: you can still get your hands on the game, uh, this, the, like, the Neverwinter Nights 2 game from like, yeah. Steam or somewhere. So go buy it download it really dirt cheap. The, 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 the base game with the four expansions it had for like nine ninety nine, and then you can go play on these free worlds once you've, and also the base game story is a it's lot good. of fun. Yeah. So one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely worth, worth your time. And if you never played them, you're welcome.
0: So yeah, this is where you can give us a bunch of feedback. Yeah. So what was the first D and D game that you played? What's mm-hmm. your favorite game? Are and you why? looking forward to the new uh, dark Alliance? Have you played that? Does it stink? Is it great? You intend to play it. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We appreciate you all, as usual, for listening. And I can tell
0: by the clock on the wall, we're all out of hit points.